anti-sense RNAi and gene silencing strategies for therapy. Mission possible or impossible. Elizabeth Rainburn and Ryu Wang Tsang from University of Alabama at Birmingham, US. Drug discovery today, 2008. Antisense oligonucleotides can regulate gene expression in living cells. As such, they regulate function and division and can modulate cellular responses to internal and external stresses and stimuli. Although encouraging results from preclinical and clinical studies have been obtained and significant progress has been made in developing these agents as drug, they are not yet recognized as effective therapeutics. Several major hurdles remain to be overcome, including problems with efficacy, off-target effects, delivery and side effects. The lessons learned from antisense drug development can help in the development of other oligonucleotide-based therapeutics, such as CPG oligonucleotides, RNAi and miRNA. Histori historical perspective. The development of the antisense approach started in the late 1970s, after the discovery that the expression of a specific gene product could be inhibited using a short complementary DNA sequence. Since then, the antisense strategy has enjoyed exponential gains in interest and has been the subject of more than 16,000 publications. Between the appearance of the first publication about the antisense strategy in 1978 and the beginning of intensive antisense research commencing in the early 1990s, very few studies were published. The increase in antisense research was largely as a result of improvements in the methods used for DNA sequencing and synthesizing oligonucleotides. Other major milestones in the development of antisense strategies include numerous discoveries about antisense chemistry. The most notable discovery was the addition of a photo 48 backbone to the oligonucleotides leading to a significant increase in their stability without major changes in their ability to hybridize with the target mRNA. Other chemical modification, including the development of DNA-RNA mixed backbone oligonucleotides and other oligonucleotides barely resembling DNA, such as peptide nucleic acid PNA and locked nucleic acid RNA structures, have been made to increase the efficacy, stability and patentability of the antisense molecules. One antisense oligonucleotide, Vitavrin formivirsin, was approved in 1998 for use against cytomegalovirus-induced retinitis by local injection. However, although many antisense oligonucleotides targeting several genes, they are important to severe human diseases, such as cancer and infectious diseases, have been made in clinical trials for many years, some of them even in multiple clinical phase 3 trials. None of these systematically administered antisense oligonucleotides have won marketing approval from regulatory bodies such as the FDA. Unfortunately, interest and investment in this area appears to be declining. Proposed mechanisms of action for antisense oligonucleotides Although antisense oligonucleotides have long been recognized as a naturally occurring gene regulation approach, 
The precise mechanism of action for antisense molecules remain unclear. This is one of the major criticisms that many antisense researchers face. Two major mechanisms are widely accepted, namely physical blockage and RNAase activation, other mechanisms observed for the antisense oligonucleotides include interference with mRNA processing and transport, and formation of a triplex directly with DNA. Other types of antisense oligonucleotides with different chemical modifications, for example morpholino, PNA or LNA modified oligonucleotides are capable of acting by other mechanisms, but primarily rely on translation and rest. The mechanism by which the oligonucleotides exert their effects largely depends on the structure and chemistry. Other mechanisms of action While in vitro studies suggested that modifying the oligonucleotides would lead to differences in stability, uptake and activity, there were many other sequence-specific and structure-specific non-antisense effects in vivo that were not anticipated. Many of the structure-specific but sequence-independent effects were owing to the modifications made to the oligonucleotides. Because of their negative charge, the phosphoryethate oligonucleotides have a tendency to bind serum proteins. As a result of this, these oligonucleotides were found to affect coagulation because they bind thrombin. In addition to coagulopathies, the phosphoryethate modified oligonucleotides have a tendency to accumulate in the liver, and their administration leads to elevated transmineases, indicative of liver damage. Although the effects are relatively modest, modified oligonucleotides have also been shown to stimulate the immune system. Despite these unforeseen effects, the oligonucleotides are relatively safe and have been administrated at doses of up to 15 mg per kilogram to non-human primates. And oblimersen genesense has been given to patients for up to 6 cycles of 7 days at a 3 mg kilogram per day, those with no severe adverse effects. While these structure-specific effects were relatively moderate, a major unexpected sequence-dependent side effect of certain antisense oligonucleotides was intense immune system stimulation. In the mid-late 1990s, it was discovered that certain motifs within the nucleotide sequences containing either unmethylated CG motifs or GGGG motifs were capable of stimulating an immune response, including stimulation of B cells and dendritic cells, and increased secretion of inflammatory cytokines. Although somewhat detrimental to the development of antisense oligonucleotides because of their unforeseen activity, oligonucleotides containing an immunostimulatory sequence have since been developed specifically to stimulate the immune system. The CPG oligonucleotides, also called immunostimulatory or immunomodulatory oligonucleotides, are currently being used in clinical trials for cancer, asthma and allergies, and as a vaccine adjuvants. This unexpected and non-target effect of the antisense oligonucleotides have been partially responsible for their lack of success in the clinic, 
and explain why only oligonucleotides has gained FDA approval. Table 1 gives example of first-generation antisense oligonucleotides under clinical development. The severity of the side effect of first-generation antisense ODN is mostly dependent on the presence of certain sequence motifs, such as CPG denucleotides. Almost all of these oligonucleotides contain at least one CPG motif. The safety and efficacy of several second-generation mixed backbone antisense ODNs without CPG motifs are presently being evaluated in clinical trials. Antisense therapy, hype versus reality. When the antisense strategy was first introduced, it was recognized that it could represent a specific systemic gene silencing strategy. Successful development of such a strategy could allow an almost endless variety of human diseases to be treated, provided that a particular gene had been identified and characterized for the disease. Once the synthetic chemistry of the oligonucleotides had been simplified, making the oligonucleotides more readily available, this strategy gained favor as the new hot technology. Antisense oligonucleotides have been used for a variety of purposes, including target validation, gene function studies, and as experimental therapy for different diseases. The antisense oligonucleotides have been used most frequently for cancer-related targets, including oncogenes, signaling molecules, and mutant tumor-suppressor genes. Although pathogen-associated and other disease-related gene products such as ICAM1 and TNF-alpha for Crohn's disease and rheumatoid arthritis, respectively, have also been targeted. Hundreds of antisense oligonucleotides have been examined in preclinical studies, generally in rodents and preliminary clinical trials, and many have shown significant activity, both against the target gene product and against the disease. However, the overall results of clinical trials of antisense oligonucleotides have been mixed. There have been clinical trials of more than 30 antisense oligonucleotides, with the vast majority being developed for cancer therapy. While many of oligonucleotides did not make it past phase 1 trials, several have been in more advanced trials, even up to filling an NDA new drug application with the US FDA. Clinical trials of antisense oligonucleotides. Many oligonucleotides were designed to decrease the expression of oncoproteins such as BCL2, CRF, HRS, CMIC, CMIB and XIAP. Others have focused on cell signaling molecules implicated in cancer initiation or progression, including the tumor suppressor P53 mutant, VEGF, EGF1R, TGFBII, PKA, and PKC alpha. Still, other cancer related molecules have been targeted, including cervivin, clusterin, ribonucleotide reductase and DNA methyltransferase. The results of these studies with the agents have varied widely, and numerous antisense oligonucleotides are still being evaluated in human clinical trials. 
those that are no longer in development were discontinued for various reasons, including toxicity, affinitax aprinocarsin, and low efficacy, CHEM91, Lee, Graf, Aeon. Others have been shelved temporarily until a systemic antisense agent gains FDA approval, facilitating the application process. The failure of some of the oligonucleotides could have been owing the selection of patients, study endpoints, or because of the sequence or chemistry of the oligonucleotides. Several antisense oligonucleotides have a promising future, including GEM231 and AVI4658. These two oligonucleotides are of particular interest because they target specific and therapeutic effect can be monitored easily by a blood test or biopsy, respectively, facilitating clinical trials. Genosense has been under investigation in the clinic for many years and may also still have a bright future. Its target, BCL2, has been implicated in numerous cancers and the agent has shown promise in several clinical trials. It is possible that this drug could eventually gain approval by the FDA. However, there are a few issues, including its second-generation chemistry and the presence of a CPG motif that may be thwarting its success. Santaris Pharma has designed an anti-BCL2 antisense oligonucleotide with LNA modifications which may be superior to Genesense in terms of decreased side effects. Improving clinical trials of antisense oligonucleotides. Other improvements made to new trials or changes to the methods and endpoints of the clinical trials themselves. Following demonstration of activity in animal models, most early clinical trials of antisense oligonucleotides focused solely on the toxicity of the compounds and did not evaluate the expression of the target in patients. In agreement with the push for novel agents to fail early, many phase 1 studies are now examining both toxicity and target expression. There is also now a push to be able to examine the target either directly, for example in biopsy placement before or after treatment, or via biomarkers. Certain targets have serum biomarkers that can be easily measured to determine the effects of the antisense oligonucleotide. While biomarkers do not exist or are as yet unknown, for many targets validation of the effects of the antisense oligonucleotides in tissue can be accomplished by methods commonly used by pathologists and molecular biologists. For example, immunohistochemistry can be used to assess the expression and localization of most oncogenes and signaling molecules. For those, they are more difficult to detect because of compartmentalization or low expression, cell preparations can be made to separate, concentrate the specific organelles or compartments. Then, Western blotting and RT-PCR can be done to evaluate expression of the target. Because many clinical trials failed in phase 2-3 due to a lack of observed efficacy, monitoring expression of the target during phase 1 trials or the low investigators 
to determine whether the oligonucleotide was ineffective because it was not reaching the target tissue in human patients, which could be a result of stability or delivery issues, or whether the inhibition of the target was not causing the desired effect, for example, owing to overlapping complementary or mutated pathways, thus preventing the continued administration of an ineffective agent. Perhaps the most important improvement that has been made to antisense oligonucleotide trials is that they are now being combined with other agents. Given the heterogeneous nature of tumours, it is preferable to have more than one target for therapy. This helps to prevent the escape of cancer cells that are inherent mutations or develop new mutations to a single target pathway. However, numerous preclinical studies suggest that targeting signal molecules or oncogenes, for example MDM2, with antisense oligonucleotides can synthesize tumors to treatment with chemotherapeutic agents or radiation. It is possible that the oligonucleotides that produce underwhelming results in clinical studies as single agents might produce better anti-cancer effects if given in combination with another agent. It may be of interest to examine this possibility, at least at a preclinical level, before an antisense drug is considered ineffective. It also bears mentioning that much is being learned about cancerogenesis and cancer progression. Targeting a single oncogene may inhibit growth of cells or even induce apoptosis but most advanced tumours have numerous issues that have been to be addressed in order to efficiently eradicate the tumour. Targeting multiple oncogenes or pathways may be required to make any headway in tumour destruction. In addition, there are other emerging theories that discount targeting of oncogenes completely. For example, it has been postulated that chromosomal damage underlies most tumor initiation, progression and drug resistance. In this case, therapies that repair or replace defective DNA would be required for optimal tumor destruction and long-term patient survival, while targeting oncogenes would be a temporary fix at best. Nevertheless, as has been stated, by successful treatment of numerous patients with agents targeting oncogenes, hesarpetin, glivec, tarsiva, among others, oncogenes still appear to represent valid targets for patient therapy and can produce some long-lasting anti-cancer effects. Other nucleic acid-based therapeutics can lessons from antisense therapy help Although only vitravine has been approved by the FDA, its approval opened the door for other oligonucleotide-based therapies, including ribozymes, RNA interference, uptimers, and other types of gene therapy to enter in clinic. These strategies, while working by different mechanisms, are all based upon the principle the administration of plasmid-driven expression of exogenous DNA or RNA can be used to regulate the type and the extent of expression of target gene products. Figure 1 shows the timeline 
for the development of these different strategies by denoting the number of PubMed publications focusing on them each year. Ribozymes Ribozymes are based upon catalytic RNA originally found in the protozoan tetrahymena. While the naturally occurring ribozymes are self-splicing, modifications have yielded catalytic oligonucleotides that can cleave and target RNA sequence or revise the mRNA to generate correct sequences that can be translated into normal proteins. Much like antisense oligonucleotides, ribozymes can be targeted to a variety of molecules and have been developed as experimental therapeutics for cancer, infectious diseases and other human diseases, such as sickle cell anemia. Although ribozymes can be manipulated somewhat, their catalytic nature is highly dependent upon their structure, decreasing their ability to modulate their chemistry to improve pharmacokinetics, efficacy or toxicity. There have been several ribosomes evaluated in clinical trials. In two ribosomes, one for HIV or Z1 and other for cancer, enzyme were recently examined in clinical trials in the USA. Non-ribozymes have been approved by the FDA. Aptamers While aptamers, like antisense oligonucleotides and ribozymes, are short stretches of RNA or DNA, they work by a distinct mechanism of action. Unlike the other nucleotide-based strategies, complementarity is not important for the activity of aptamers. Their tertiary and quaternary structures determine their binding. Aptamers have specific three-dimensional structures that can form complexes with target proteins and inhibit their activity. For this reason, aptamers can be considered chemical antibodies. Although they combine proteins like antibodies, aptamers are not immunogenic, even at doses up to 1000 times the therapeutic dose in primates. Combining the properties of nucleotide-based therapies and antibodies, aptamers can be used to target extracellular and cytoplasmic proteins. Moreover, aptamers are amenable to all of the modifications that can be made to other nucleotide therapeutics. Although care must be taken to preserve the structure, partially the binding region. With the recent improvements in HTC, it is possible to screen libraries of aptamers using systematic evolution of ligands by exponential enrichment selects to rapidly determine the best aptamer for a particular target. Aptamers can theoretically be targeted to almost any molecule and, like other nucleotide-based therapies, have been examined in preclinical models of cancer and other diseases. Several aptamers have been in recent clinical trials, for example, REG1 targeting factor 9A and E001 targeting VEGF, and Makugen pegatinib, which targets VEGF was approved by the FDA for use against wet macular degeneration in 2004. RNA interference Although it was discovered only a decade ago, RNA interference RNAi, has since become a standard for various types of laboratory research and its pioneers were awarded the 2006 Nobel Prize in Medicine for their work.
Like the antisense and ribosome strategies, RNAi relies on complementarity between the RNA and its target mRNA to bring about destruction of the target. In vivo long stretches of double-strand RNA can interact with the dicer endoribonuclease to be cleaved into short 21-23 nucleotides double-strand RNA with three prime overhangs. Then the endogenous or synthetic short stretches of double-strand RNA enter the multinuclease containing RNA-induced silencing complex risk and these enzymes lead to specific cleavage of complementary targets. Why short, less than 23 nucleotide segments of RNA are generally considered optimal for gene silencing? It has also been shown that longer, less than 30 nucleotide sequences can lead to efficient and perhaps even more potent gene silencing. Rose and others demonstrated that a 27-mer short-interfering RNA was able to achieve 100-fold stronger gene silencing than a similar shorter sequence, although processing of the blunt 27-mer led to production of various short-interfering RNA of 1923 nucleotide. Although longer sequences lead to generation of an interferent response by cells, it is not clear whether this response will be stronger for a 27-mer than a 21-mer sequence. Thus, 27-mers should still be considered for future applications. At present, there are several different types of commonly used RNAi, short interfering RNA, siRNA, short harpin RNA, shRNA, and microRNA, miRNA all of which can inhibit expression of the target gene product. The siRNA and shRNA generally 20-22 nucleotide in length, but they can be up to 30 nucleotide, were designed to overcome issues with immune system stimulation and complete translation. Arrests observed when longer RNA sequences were used for RNAi and to optimize the silencing effects. Despite the recent discovery of RNAi, several short interfering RNA molecules have already been evaluated in human clinical trials. These include ASI RNA targeting IL10 for treatment of preeclampsia, VEGF and VEGFR1 for macular degeneration, and BCR ABL for CML. Other RNAi molecules are likely to be in clinical trials soon. Another type of RNAi, microRNA, is a naturally occurring mammalian post-transcriptional gene regulatory system. It has been suggested that microRNA mediated regulation of gene products may occur for various disease states, including cancer. A microRNA expressed by the Kaposki sarcoma virus was recently shown to mimic an endogenous human microRNA MIR-155 that regulates cell growth, promoting B-cell transformation, thus naturally occurring endogenous and exogenous microRNAs represent targets for therapy. Similarly, it will probably be possible to use microRNAs like short interfering RNA or antisense oligonucleotides to target endogenous gene regulation.
In fact, a recent study demonstrated that an array of microRNAs, although not a single microRNA sequence, could be used to inhibit the BCR-ABL oncogene implicated in leukemia. It is also possible to use antisense oligonucleotides to knock out expression of microRNAs, inhibiting their function in vivo. One research group demonstrated that the use of a PNA or LNA 2O methyl oligonucleotides could decrease expression of microRNA 122 in human and rodent cell lines. These findings suggest that microRNA can be successfully targeted or can be used to regulate gene expression. A related type of RNAi, PIRNA and RACRNA, PU-associated interfering RNA, repeat-associated short interfering RNA, has also been discovered. The PIRNAs are only starting to be characterized appear to regulate gene silencing, cell differentiation and gematogenesis, and could also represent targets for therapy. While no microRNAs or PIRNAs have been examined in clinical trials as target or for therapy, it is likely that given the rapid advances made in RNAi, they will be in the near future. Gene therapy Although all of these approaches can loosely be considered gene therapy, the topic often refers to strategies meant to increase expression of normal what-type gene products. Chief among others, strategies are those using viral vectors, adenoviruses, adeno-associated viruses, retroviruses, poxviruses, among others to deliver the gene of interest, although other strategies, such as nanoparticles, are also being used. Gene therapy can theoretically be used for any gene with a known sequence and has been examined extensively for cancer therapy. Gene therapy is especially attractive for genetic disorders, such as muscular dystrophy, cystic fibrosis and severe combined immunodeficiency, SCID. Because they are well characterized, the mutations responsible for most cases of the disease are known. And because there are no existing treatments that are sufficiently effective, there are currently more than 650 ongoing gene therapy clinical trials. But despite the number of clinical trials, no gene therapy strategies that introduce genetic material replaces supply missing or faulty genes have been approved by the FDA. Thus, while antisense oligonucleotides were among the first nucleotide-based therapies to be investigated, a variety of other strategies exist. The lessons learned from antisense oligonucleotides, the problems encountered in the clinical development and the forecast for the future success will have a major impact on the future development of the other related strategies. Likewise, the findings from trials of the nucleotide-based agents representing other strategies are likely to influence the future development of antisense oligonucleotides. Concluding remarks Can the antisense oligonucleotide strategy be salvaged? In the past three decades, many lessons have been learned in the development of antisense oligonucleotides as a novel class of therapeutics. Table 2 briefly summarizes the major obstacles encountered during the various steps in their development, some of which still need to be addressed. It might be argued that these obstacles also apply to other agents, 
such as small molecules inhibitors, for example, Gleevec, targeting the BCAR-ABL translocation. The development of Gleevec is a success story for rational drug design. A single target was selected. An agent that inhibited it was developed, tested and transitioned without major issues to the clinic. However, comparing the clinical features of the various antisense agents tested with a single small molecule skews the perception of the success of this antisense strategy. Numerous small molecules inhibitors of various targets have been designed and most have failed in the clinic. Thus, it is not surprising that of the few antisense oligonucleotides that have been examined in the clinical trials, only one has gained FDA approval. Moreover, the early trials of antisense strategies were not properly designed to test the agents and it is possible that better designed trials might have revealed activity that was not apparent using the existing methods. Similarly, investigators have been writing off gene therapy as a whole, including antisense oligonucleotide-based strategies, as ineffective, dangerous and too difficult to develop. While this might be the case for individual agents, it might be possible to overcome the reputation that this has earned the class as a whole. Several improvements have been made and are still being incorporated into the antisense agents themselves, as well as the clinical trials examining them. In addition to the improvements already mentioned, for example, changes in the chemistry and structures of the oligonucleotides, elimination of sequences causing side effects, better clinical study endpoints and combination therapy, there are also improvements being made to the selection of targets. Compared with the initial studies of antisense molecules, there are now more known targets. The targets are better characterized and it is possible to select better sequences to decrease the expression of the targets. Moreover, although these improvements have been demonstrated to improve the preclinical efficacy and safety of the antisense compounds, the original second-generation compounds with the phosphoreotate modified structures have demonstrated their activity and efficacy both in preclinical and in clinical studies, for example, genocense. Thus, while the traditional antisense molecules were the forerunners of the more evolved molecules, they are not buried in the past, and many traditional antisense molecules are still undergoing clinical evaluation. Moreover, the discovery and design of novel strategies such as RNAi do not preclude the utility of the antisense oligonucleotides. For example, it has been shown that antisense oligonucleotides that exert their functions via RNAs H are as effective as short interfering RNA, and in fact, well-designed antisense molecules may be more effective, at least in vitro, than short interfering RNA targeting the same molecule. In conclusion, the antisense strategy is far from that, and although the results of clinical trials have been unimpressive, it appears that the strategy still has a viable future. As more information is uncovered about the human genome, its regulation and the response of human cells, the exogenous nucleotides, better agents can be designed. However, the improvements made to the strategy should soon start to yield more favorable results in clinical trials.
Thank you for listening. If you have any suggestion, review or article you would like to listen to, follow me on Twitter, pubreading, or send me an email info.pub.reading at gmail.com and let's connect.